You're listening to So Much Pingle, the podcast about herpetology, field herping, and anything and everything about amphibians and reptiles. Join us each week as Mike and his guests explore the amazing world of herps across our planet. And now, bringing a half century of experience and perspective to the microphone, here's your host, Mike Pingleton. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Mike Pingleton here, and I am your host for these proceedings. And here we go with episode 75, and I hope you all remain safe and healthy and warm out there. So it's the day after Christmas, and the temperatures in my house are finally back into the mid-teens Fahrenheit after a few blustery and frigid days leading up to the holiday. And so I'm working to crank out a few episodes over the next week or so before I head down to Peru for another visit. And I know what some of you are thinking, so... Yes, we are keeping close tabs on the political situation down there in Peru. Uh, Right now, it looks like things have stabilized at this point, but uh, we'll continue to monitor things and uh, to get reports from our contacts inside uh, the country before getting on the airplane. Now, before we get to the episode, I want to give a big shout out to Dick and Patty Bartlett, the show's newest patrons. Really appreciate your one-time contribution, and uh, I really enjoyed spending a little time with you two earlier this year. And a happy new year to you both. And as always, I want to thank all of the show's patrons. Uh, you all make it possible for me to carry so much Pingle forward into the future. And if you're out there listening and you would like to kick in a few bucks to help out, it's pretty easy to do, and I'll tell you all about it at the end of the show. And uh, also, thank you, John Edward, for the funny show-related meme, which I reposted in the So Much Pingle Facebook group. Uh, it's a good feeling when you're meme-worthy, I have to say that. Now let's turn our attention to the show. I want to thank Jason Fult for suggesting this topic, uh, which led me to talking with him, Mike Rochford, and Liz Hughes about the challenges and rewards of getting the little kiddos out there, out there in Herpland. And of course, I have many other friends doing much the same. And uh, uh, rest assured, I was thinking about all of you as well as we had this discussion. And uh, again, as I put this together. So let's get to my conversation with Jason, Mike, and Liz. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And tonight I have three guests on with me, spanning across four time zones. It's a pleasure and an honor to have all three of you on this show. And I'll start up at uh, top left, Jason Folt. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me back. Bottom left is Mike Rochard. Hey, Mike. How's it going? And below me, if you're thinking of this as a Hollywood Squares type format... <laughs> is Elizabeth Hughes. Liz Hughes, welcome to the show, Liz. Hello, thank you. So uh, anytime I, I sit down and put the headphones on and I've got a guest on, I'm, I'm, I get excited. It's so much fun. But I am three times, three times excited tonight because I have three good guests who have been on the show before and talked to me about other things. So, But tonight we, uh, we're here to talk about harping with kids. Uh, herping and uh, naturalizing and doing all kinds of other cool things with kids. And uh, I'd like to say that this was my brilliant idea, but it wasn't. This, uh, Jason, you you came, uh, sent me a note and said, hey, how about this? And I'm like, dang, that is super cool. Let's do it. And then uh, then I asked Mike and I asked Liz and they're like, yeah, let's go. So here we are, the three of us, uh, th- the four of us. So thank you so much for that, Jason. And I wish I could take credit. I was, I, there's a Birding podcast I sometimes listen to. I know, I know, but uh, and they had done a similar 
they had done a similar segment about birding with kids and it, it just kind of got my juices flowing and thought it'd be fun to do. Uh, so those dang birders are always first. I know, right? We're always playing catch up. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, let, let's uh, let's start in the order I did introductions. And uh, Jason, tell us about uh, tell us about your family. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so I have two kids. I have an eight year old named Beckett, a boy, and a three year old uh, girl named Arden. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's you know we'll get more into more about them later. But you know, they both love to be outdoors, and um, sometimes it's a little harder than others. But for the most part. Uh, you know, they get all fired up and get their lights, their, their, you know, their faces just light up when we talk about going outside and doing stuff. And, <laughs> um, and so I, I really enjoy that aspect. Uh, you know, there's definitely a day or two when maybe I don't want to take them, but for the most part, um, uh, I enjoy having them along, um, uh, more often than not. Very good. Mike. Yeah, so I've got two kids as well, um, both boys. We've got Bryce, who's eight years old, and Wyatt, who's five, about to turn six. And uh, yeah, they've had the good fortune to herp with Jason and Beckett before. So um, I think they're all cut from the same cloth. And yeah, good to have them along. That's that's awesome. How about you, Liz? I have a five-year-old. Her name is Ren, like the bird. So she didn't stand a chance. Uh, she had to be into nature. <laughs> Whether she likes it or not. Yes. <laughs> now, I to kick this off, uh, and I'll, now I'll go back the other way around and and, um, and talk to uh, Liz first. And tell her some more about what, what you do with her in terms of outdoors activities. Obviously, she... she does, she's very familiar with herps, and and um, uh, you and Brian have uh, it, you know exposed her to that. But what else is going on? Tell us tell us more about your outdoor life with with Ren. I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit, but I think I got the gist of your question. Okay. Um. So she loves to be out in nature because I make her go out in nature. I won't <laughs> stop doing what I enjoy doing. Um. So she had better enjoy it as well. Uh, she's learned to, I think, and I've learned to adapt to help her enjoy it more as well, because she can't do what adults can do, but she can do things that kids can do. And sometimes it's way more exciting when I just watch her do those things like, you know, playing with rocks, playing in the water, getting messy, things that I would never think of doing anymore. So it's exciting to see how she interacts with nature versus how I, as a jaded adult, would interact with it. So she's, uh, you know, and I recall doing this myself, you know, being at the playground as a kid and there's cool rocks. So just kind of curl up and start looking through the rocks and you take, you got a pocket full of rocks when you come home. I take it she's sort of an, in the same mindset. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she also, she loves rocks. So the playgrounds don't stand a chance either because okay. uh, she's going to take all their rocks. <laughs> Liz, it's it's funny how um, how I think you know from hearing you talk and from talking to my friends with kids, right? How a lot of these themes are pretty common, right? Like I we're kind of the same way, you know. It starts as kind of dragging them along, forcing them out. Like sometimes they'll they'll gripe and moan, you know, until we get in the car and the adventure starts, and then it's like all mention of screens and moaning is long gone, and then for the next few hours, it's like the time of their lives and. Same thing. There are so many rocks in pockets and in my car, every nook and cranny. There's, you know, there's sticks everywhere. 
And it's like, you know, <laughs> trying to be like, hey, you know, the rocks and sticks can stay. <laughs> hey, like we don't we don't need to bring them home. It seems like a universal theme with kids, right? Is uh, all those little things that I would never think about doing, right? Bringing home sticks and rocks. But um, I can definitely relate. Yeah, but you know, yeah. they're so cool. I mean, you you can't see it because I'm I'm in my little blanket cave here for for audio purposes. But I have like 50 rocks on my bookshelves. You know, I just have rocks and rocks. And some of them I've had since I was a kid. I actually have rocks from when I was you know, like 10, 11 years old. I still have them. Uh, so I, I kind of get it. Kind of get that. So, Michael, how about your kids? I mean, is it a is it a herp related thing or just get them outdoors? Um, you have some spectacular places to go out there out in uh, California. Yeah, we have a good old time. Um, they definitely like herps the most, but uh, I've tried to get them into birding a little bit and it's it's not quite the same. They, they like it, but definitely prefer the herps. And then, um, you know, we, we take a lot of pictures and put stuff on iNaturalist. So, you know, I can't walk 10 feet without dad, look, a mushroom. And I'm like, oh man, I created some monsters here. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's fun. They're totally obsessed with it. And, uh, and, you know, just hiking in general, I, I think we've gotten them up to like 14 miles with a couple thousand feet of elevation gain. So wow. yeah, I've been pushing them pretty hard since they were tiny. So they're pretty good out there. That's amazing. Yeah. It's cool. To, cool to see. So there's some camping involved too. Oh yeah. Oh man. They love camping. Yeah. Like s'mores and campfires and just sleeping out there and getting out into the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, no, they're totally into it. Well, I think that, you know, the kids have a, a short attention span. Um, they get tired easy. Uh, but camping, the, the other cool fun parts of camping are like a nice reward, right? Yeah, sure. We, uh, we fell in the Creek and, you know, we walk five miles and we're really tired, but now we get to eat some s'mores. Or now we're going to put a hot dog on a stick and put it over the fire. So there's there's some definite some upsides to it that they they learn to appreciate maybe. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's there's definitely two versions of camping in our family. There's there's camping with mom, which is great with all the good stuff, and then there's camping with dad, which is all right, we're going to sleep behind the car and there's going to be nothing because <laughs> okay. we stayed up herping all night and we're waking up early to herp again. <laughs> herping. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically herping with some sleeping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure that each of you, you know, your, your partners bring in uh, other elements to this game. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I like, I know like Liz, you're, you're the, uh, the horse person and, um, you are the relic artifact person, which, uh, I, uh, I enjoy living vicariously through your, your posts, the things you find. And of course you leave them right where you found them, which I think is pretty darn cool. But so you bring that, uh, into Ren's life, but also her dad brings in the, the rattlesnake portion of it. And you guys actually have rattlesnakes around your home that, uh, Ren is familiar with. Yes, that's actually been really amazing because we have for years been to people's houses that have rattlesnakes in their yards and we see their kids and they're scared for their kids. And now we are dealing with the same thing. So how do we teach our child to be safe around rattlesnakes? And then about the archaeological thing, um, it's funny because she thinks that everything is ancient Egypt now. <laughs> so I mean, I'm trying to explain. I'm like, there are other 
there were other people <laughs> besides ancient Egypt. Um, but she's getting it. Like she'll she'll leave artifacts there and she'll point out, you know, broken bottles and stuff to me. So she seems to enjoy it now. I don't know if it's because she sees that I enjoy it, but she has fun. This brings up another point. And I, you know, I'd like to hear the, the, the all of your takes on this, but little kids have a sharp eyes. They're good at spotting stuff. Would you all agree to that? Oh, yeah. It's scary. I don't know if it's always what I want them to be spotting, um, but <laughs> they find things that I wouldn't find for sure. Um, I don't know what your guys' experience has been, but like, the, you know, the, the insects, the bugs, like things that I'm not really often looking for, they find. I'm like, how did you see that? Now, you know, they'll miss the giant snake, but, um, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, sadly, I mean, I, I hate to talk poorly of myself, but apparently I'm just like walking by all these rattlesnakes and the kids are like, there's one and they'll hear one that I didn't hear. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, apparently. I'm not that good at this thing. <laughs> I haven't hit that stage yet. Yeah, Ren has. Sorry, sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've hit that stage because I walked over a. Oh, that's okay. I walked over a crispy long-nosed snake that got smushed by a car, and Ren was like, "There was a snake back there. Didn't you see it?" And I was like, "No, I didn't. I didn't see anything." So I go back, and yeah, there's that <laughs> flattened uh, snake. <laughs> so at least she's looking. Yeah. And, and she she's not conscious of it. Just it's just part of what you guys do. Yeah, it's, it's just normal. natural. Yeah. The the the, fir- the first snake uh, my son ever found was we were looking for fox snakes, um, and we had seen a bunch. Um, and but he was kind of getting tired. He was it was a few years ago, so he was probably three, maybe four. Um, and he was he was pretty worn out and tired. And I was kind of doing the whole like I'm dragging him along for you know toughen him up. We're to keep we're to keep at it for a little bit longer. And so I wanted to go check out like some riprap, and I I put him on this bench, right? So I'm like, we'll just sit on this bench, have a snack because you know I don't go anywhere without snacks and water because that's a recipe for disaster. And so I like I get him his snack and I put him on this bench and I start I start herping him on this this rock pile, and he's like, Dad, a snake, and I'm like. And I'm looking back at him and I'm like, there's no snake there, right? Like I was just there, one. <laughs> Two, he's like on a bench, like, and there's just like mowed grass around him. And he like used to always make up that he'd see a snake. And then when I'd get close, he'd be like, oh, oh, it, you know, it slithered off, dad, like, or whatever, right? So I'm like thinking he's pulling my leg again. And, and I walk back and sure enough, there's a fox snake that had been, had tried to like, um, must have been inside the metal of the bench and had crawled halfway out and gotten stuck and so it had been like trapped there for days and was like bloody and starving it was like kind of actually pretty sad but he found the snake right and i'm like holy cow like there there actually is a snake here right and so he then <laughs> he then rescued the thing and let it go and it probably wasn't gonna make it but um he, to this day he still talks about like you know that first snake that he found you know the fox snake that dad didn't see and Got one up on Dan. Right, right. And I think he's only ever found like two or three on his own since then. But, you know, like that, that's the one that he remembers. That's pretty cool. I also like the, you know, the whole snacks and drinks and uh, resting. That seems to be a common theme, too. You know, make sure that uh, even before they – you don't wait until they get exhausted and cranky. You you cut it – you do it earlier and uh, – and you know you're basically manipulating them to get them to to go a little farther and do a little more totally i mean i i don't know about you guys but i bribe my kids constantly right so 
Um, there's usually ice cream after or some kind of like, <laughs> you know, we're going to go out, you guys pick the restaurant, like going to eat, like anything that'll, you know, add adventure and fun. And, but, oh, by the way, there's something that we look forward to at the end of this, um, you know, and then eventually maybe that isn't the thing that they actually want. Um, it's the adventure during the hike, but yeah, I'm always, you know, well stocked with snacks and, and usually there's some treat at the end of the, at the end of the road. Uh, and I guess uh, it's a, kind of an important thing too. We touched a little bit about rattlesnakes and, uh, and maybe you, you, you all can speak to this better than I can, but I, I assume that it's a kind of a tricky thing. You want to make sure they understand that these things, uh, need to be respected, but you certainly don't want them to be scared of them or, you know, you don't want them to grow up being frightened of them. Yeah, totally. And, uh, I think, they seem to understand the balance pretty well for their age. I don't know about you guys, but my kids seem to to know that they can be hurt by them, take a step back if they need to, but they're totally excited to see them. They don't understand why other people are scared of them. Um, totally appreciative. Do uh, do your kids watch nature shows? I mean, that was always the big and, – and, you know, you guys are uh, young enough to – you know, grow up with a crocodile hunter and things like that. And Jeff Corwin, um, and I'm old enough to be a parent watching those shows with my kids and going, that guy's going to kill him. He's going to get killed. He's going to get bit. He's going to fall <laughs> off the cliff. Uh, that was sort of my approach to it. But do your, do your kids watch nature shows? Do they, do they like the, you know, the Richard Attenborough and whatever? I don't know what, I don't even know what nature shows they have anymore for kids, probably the Kratz creatures and things like that. But do they, are they into that stuff or is it typically they just want to be outside? I think they prefer to be outside, but yeah, my kids, we of course try to limit the screen time, but they do watch wild crats quite a bit. That seems okay. to be their favorite. Beckett had a unhealthy obsession with, um, I'm going to forget the guy's name now, Cowdy Peterson. Um, oh, and, and you know, I will, I will leave any judgment out of this conversation, but um, it was nonstop. Right. And so, one day we were watching and he said, I forget how it came up, but he, he said something like, you know, dad, you'd, cause I think I probably made a comment about a fact or something that maybe wasn't correct or, you know, whatever. And he was like, well, dad, you know, he knows way more about this than you do. Like he's, he's way better. Da, da, da. And I was like, well, you know, wh why do you think he's like, well, you know, you're not on TV. <laughs> Right, which is like you know how, how all things were judged in his five-year-old mind, you know, at the time, and that that one hit deep, that one cut deep. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, sadly, I don't think it's only five-year-olds that seem to rank people based on that, and uh, you know, it's kind of sad because that's that's certainly not the end-all, be-all is having a TV show for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ren asked me, she's like, she's like, you don't have any followers, do you? And when I showed her, <laughs> I showed her, I don't have many. All right. But it was enough to impress a five-year-old. Wow. Are, you, are you talking about like, a, but she, like on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, just TikTok. Uh -huh. No. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she is not as much into nature shows as she is into like disaster shows. Like what happens if a tsunami hits? <laughs> um, and Ooh. also unicorns so oh. of course <laughs> why not that's <laughs> it <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Okay. The, uh, the unicorns that that I expect is a, you know I, I raised three girls so I I totally get that. Uh, but the tsunami thing is where does that come from? <laughs> you know she's Brian's kid too. So. <laughs> Blame it on Brian. I like it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you we as parents we've all had those conversations with our spouses like. Guess what your kid did today? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. So this kind of falls in line with that. Part of it is because she has seen some natural disasters. Like there is a wash between our house and her school. And sometimes if it rains too hard during the monsoon season, I can't get her until that wash goes down. Oh. So she's she sees that real stuff. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So she sees some phenomena and she's uh, making uh, inquiries into more things like it. So that's, that's interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and that's the thing with kids. I, I think I'm going to say this is a truism and I'm, but when your kids are into things that you kind of don't pay much attention to, Brian, you're talking about sticks and things and and mushrooms and, and uh, whatever it is. And the kids are really focused in on these things. I think maybe it also opens your eyes a little bit and you learn, maybe you appreciate those things more than you might have. The kids are into it. So you're like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that is pretty cool. I I think maybe that happens too. There's some of that, some of the kids enthusiasm comes back at you. Uh, Maybe it's refreshing. You know, you don't, you're not quite so blase, the the whole blase adult thing, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like seeing everything for the first time again, getting to watch them see it. So it makes everything interesting again. Like, you know, we, um, so back and I went out and visited Mike in the boys and Sarah, um, when was it last February? Um, and so, you know, we were finding like the commonest, you know, little slender salamanders, right. It, by the dozens. And, but, to the boys, like that was awesome, and even his boys who see them all the time, right? But I think they like fed off the fact that Beckett was excited about them, um, and so it, it it does. It just it, it it creates sometimes what what is a I would think a slow, boring hike because I'm not finding whatever you know fancy target I'm looking for. Um, it it makes it uh, it makes it a ton of fun again, right? And that I think that's one of the reasons I like having them along is is it does give that nice perspective. Um, and, and I often find myself asking questions that I wouldn't have asked because they found something that I will then look up and try to learn about for them, you know? Yeah. De- definitely. Yeah. Um, and there's that certain age when there's 50 questions for everything. Why this? Why that? You know? And some you can answer and some you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it just is, all right? <laughs> yeah. They totally make me realize how little I actually know because... You can only go so far down the rabbit hole before you're like, well, no, I got nothing. <laughs> One thing that I, I think that that, uh, that, that kind of highlights is, I, I don't know about you guys, but I find that it's way easier to take my kids out when there are other kids in, along, right? So um, when it's just me and them, sometimes, you know, they get, they get tired, they get whiny, they get cranky. Um, but if you run into a kid on the trail, um, or if you take a friend and maybe that friend isn't someone who goes outdoors much, um, or maybe it's someone who, you know, you meet up with someone who has kids that do the same thing. Like everything gets remarkably easier. Like the kids just feed off the energy of each other and like run off. Uh, and it's, it's honestly amazing to watch them kind of do their thing. 
Um, and it makes my job a whole lot easier to be, to be frank. Yeah. And that energy level is amazing too. Uh, speaking with somebody who has a very low energy level most of the time these days, uh, it's amazing how they can go from being exhausted and cranky and, and something switches. Like you say, they run and meet a new kid or whatever, something just like that. They, they're right back into it. Where they get that new energy from is beyond me, but I'd like to bottle that and I'd get a monthly subscription for that. Yeah, we came across a few kids a few days ago when we were hiking and all of a sudden Ren was just jumping across waterfalls and like showing off <laughs> and doing things that she would not do otherwise. And I, I'm going to go on and say for all three of you that, you know, your kids are going to they meet a kid who doesn't know anything about any of the stuff. And what do they do? They're going to start educating. They're going to start throwing facts around. And I'm sure you've all experienced this sort of thing. Well, you know, the whole, well, actually yes. thing on a, on a, on a juvenile scale. Right? <laughs> yeah. I guess there's the challenge of trying to get them to do it gracefully and not like in a bullying <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> but yeah, they're certainly doing that. <laughs> there's some adults that have hard time. With that, so. Yeah. yeah myself we all included. know a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Good to learn that early. Yeah, if you want if you want the kids to play with you, you're gonna have to, you know, they have to learn, you know, social etiquette. To, it's one thing to throw the facts at people; it's another thing to uh, want want people to hang out with you. So, all good learning skills, I guess. Totally. Have, have um, Mike. I know your kids are pretty good about holding snakes. Uh, Liz, how's how's Ren? Is that something? Did she ever have a fear to them or anything? I'm not sure that she's actually afraid of holding the snakes as long as they're not bitey, you know, and you can kind of tell when they're going to bite or not. And we wouldn't let her hold something like that. So I don't know if your kids are okay with being bitten by, of course, non-venomous right. snakes. So Beckett was fine until three and then went through a phase where was very, didn't want to hold anything. Um, and it was tough to kind of walk that line of like pushing him out of his comfort zone, but also not making it like a complex, right? And so um, trying to support him and, you know, uh, let him know it'd be okay. And obviously I picked things that were not bitey, like you said, and were, that were safe and weren't going to be a problem. And honestly, he just kind of got back over that about a year ago, partly because uh, when he was with Mike's boys, they were so like, they would just pick up everything and anything. Um, and I think the peer pressure of seeing the other boys do that kind of like he kind of snapped out of it a little bit um, and is much better now. I kind of, you know, if it's a big snake that looks bitey, he wants nothing to do with it. But I'm okay with that. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's been interesting to kind of see his evolution Whereas my daughter, she'll grab anything and she's been bitten a few times by garter snakes and she talks about it. But if you hand her one again, she'll just grab it like no fear. Um, and I'm waiting for that, like, you know, for her to pick up, like, I don't know where Beckett ever picked up his fear. Right. Like it was never, taught in our household um but i think you know the kids pick stuff up from school and from other kids and you know from books and tv and things right that there's just it's kind of so pervasive in um you know everything that i think sometimes no matter how hard you try to kind of teach them that these things aren't evil that like it's it, you kind of find a losing battle sometimes yeah it's it's kind of tough too but you know i mean um at my advanced age i still don't want to be bit by a, a big stink in neurodia <laughs> I know it means me no harm, but uh, um, I would rather not get my hand slashed up by it. It's like, okay, well, 
I, I could do it if you want me to, <laughs> but I would prefer not to. So I, I kind of get where Beckett's coming from. It's like, um, you know, I, I have nothing to prove here. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like getting bit. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that, really. It's, you know, and I, you know. And, and I would totally agree. I think it's like, you know, it was like you'd hand him a brown snake and he would, he would act like it's a, you know, a four foot neurodian, right? Um, so it, uh, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's taken some, it's taken some, um, time to kind of get over that. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, like, I'm the same way, Mike. Like, you know, I'm not catching a neurodian unless I have to. And, and, and there are very time there are very few times that I feel like I have to catch an eroding, right? So it's, it's so, yeah. I think it's the back end of Nerodia that scare me more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's been interesting too, because I, I, as I've gotten older, have very much moved away from kind of grabbing snakes and catching snakes. But um, I think with the kids, I'm more apt to do it um, to kind of give them in the right situation, the right animal, like give them that, that hands-on experience, which I think I craved as a kid. And I think they crave now too. So, um, you know, kind of, like you said, pick the right one and, and find the right moment. Um, but also not make it, um, uh, scary or, you know, make it a thing. Well, I, we have this gift, if you will, in that herps are a tactile experience. You can pick up a box turtle or you can hold a frog, but unless you've got a chicken or a duck, you you know, if you see a cool bird, you ain't holding it. They're just at that right, you know, you can't pick up a wolf or a wolverine, you know, you know or a rainbow trout. Very difficult. Uh, but herps, are, they're accessible. So, um, you know, there's this, I think, you know, people, kids and adults crave that opportunity to interact on a very personal level. So, you know, there's always, you know, the, I would call them purists who say, you know, leave everything alone, don't touch anything. And for the most part, I don't touch much, you know, but when, if I need to photograph some new species or something, obviously I'm going to touch it. Uh, but, and I, I get their point, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's hard to deny your kids that opportunity to their first salamander or their first whatever. Because uh, there's, you know, there's the one thing to read it in the book and see it on the TV. And there's another thing to have your own physical reaction to the, to an organism is, is something else. Yeah. That's what I was thinking is that it's hard to fall in love with something unless you actually experience it. And a lot of that is tactile for kids. Yeah. <clears throat> of course, rattlesnakes are off the table, but there's so much, so many other things that they can get their little grubby little mitts on, uh, especially, you know, toads and things like that. So fairly easy. They like, uh, they like the snake grabbers though, the tongs. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right. They have to play with them. Has <laughs> <laughs> Ren tried to use those on a snake or? No. Oh, no, we won't. But We're really likes, nervous about that. <laughs> she likes playing with it, though. Yeah, and then I also kind of like to play with them, so I'll, like, grab kids <laughs> with them. <laughs> yeah. Come back here, you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can see that. Both of my kids have appropriately sized kid field hooks um, that they've never actually used on a snake, but, you know they end up being swords in the field or, you know, hiking sticks or, you know, lightsabers, whatever it may be, but they get, they fight over who's holding which one and whatever, but they, yeah, they, they love, they love playing with those things. Well, how many of us have not done those same things? I I definitely have. (laughs) I have fenced with mine. I have played golf with, (laughs) you know, with walnuts and things. Many a dandelion head, right? (laughs) Yes. Right. The, you, can, you can hit cow vertebrae, <laughs> you know, 
know, you can pick up a cow vertebrae <laughs> and throw it really far. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Filing that away for yeah. next time. We don't have those in Michigan, but I got deer vertebrae, so I'll have to, I'll have to try that. <laughs> yeah, they go far and they can hit people. It's wow. good. You know, you can also flip buffalo buffalo chips and cow chips too if they're dry enough. Yes. I'm not. I'm not saying you should do that, but you could. There's snakes <laughs> under them sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I sure like the idea of kids having snake a snake hook. I mean, um, just in case you may never the kid may never actually do anything with it, but at least he's got one and feels like he's you know he's part of he's he's a herper just like mom or dad. I think I think that's such a big part of it, right? Is um, like if we go birding, I try to you know make sure they have binoculars, make sure they you know have a snake stick. If we're going fishing, they have their own pool, right? Like make them feel like they're actually along, like doing the thing, um, and not just kind of long for the ride. Okay, yeah, good point. Yeah, what about bird? I mean, birding is. Um, I like birds, uh, but is it hard to get kids to look at birds? I mean. I'm trying to think back to when my kids were small. I, I, I don't recall them being very interested in birds, but how, how do you, how do you take a kid birding and, and make it stick? Um, because a lot of birds are, you know, little brown jobs and stuff and they're not very interesting. Some of you, I guess the charismatic things like eagles and things like that might, might get their attention, but. Yeah, that, that seems to be the, you know, some of the few things that work for us with birds is like, okay, there's peregrine falcons and they're diving at full speed. Like, that's pretty cool. And we've seen like bald eagles catching baby gulls out of their nests and things like that. So like, if it's a really charismatic bird, then they're, they love it as much as anything. But yeah, like trying to show them 10 species of sparrows, not going to make their day. <laughs> I, I've had luck with yeah. owls. The kids love owls. So, um, We'll go owling in the winter because there's not much else to do around here. And um, usually they, you know, if you know where there's a nest or a roost and you can keep an appropriate distance away to not scare the owl, you can like watch that owl for a while. Um, and I picked up a spotting scope because they, they really struggle with binoculars. So, um, you know, I can I can get the owl in the scope and then have it all set up in focus and then get them on it and then they can actually see the, you know, see the bird. Um, and that's worked really well. Um, and so they, they really enjoy that. I, I haven't taken them warbling, you know, like I, I think, like you said, uh, little birds so far haven't seemed to captivate their attention too much. Yeah. Owl sounds like a good place to start. Warblers, not so much. Yeah. Obviously, as an adult, you can appreciate warblers. But, uh, you know, it, like you say, it's hard to get kids to excited over these little tiny details between one bird or another. Because kids are like, nah, it's another bird. I think there are probably. Yeah. We got a bird book. Go ahead, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we got uh, we got a bird book, and it's just a little book with big pictures about the birds of Arizona. And Ren likes to use it as kind of a scavenger hunt. So if we see a bird, then we quickly look it up, and she can see the big pictures, so she doesn't have to read the words yet. Oh, cool! That's a great idea. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and we've thought about getting the kids started on life listing to kind of like make some of the, the less charismatic creatures still seem like they have a value and uh, you know, might not have scientific value, the act of life listing, but it, it, I think it helps people appreciate diversity a little bit more. Well, that's a cool idea. I like that. Mike, are they, yeah, don't, 
are they buying into that yet? I've tried that a little bit with Beckett, and he hasn't shown a ton of interest yet. Yeah. Uh, no, we haven't really started on that much on it, but uh, don't tell them, but we're getting them like a, a little book with the common and scientific names for Christmas. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, a little bit like just seeing it in the books and, and knowing like, oh yeah, we've seen that one. We've seen that one. It kind of works. Well, let me, let me ask you all, all three of you, or let me take a different tack on this. <clears throat> it's great to get your kids outdoors and get them interested in things and uh, but what if they don't turn out to be herpers or archaeologists or birders? What if what if that doesn't happen? Um, do you worry about that kind of thing? Do you want your kids to grow up and be scientists and herpers? And uh, you know what's what happens if they they decide they you know they like refrigerators better? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I don't know. For me personally, I don't know if I want them to go down that path or not. Like I know it, it's not an easy lifestyle to do it for a profession. And I don't know. I, I think my strategy is just going to be kind of let them do their own thing unless it's going to be a really poor decision. But, uh, you know, one of them I can already tell is exactly like me and is never, you know, it's not going to be a choice. He's going to do it because he loves it and like that's how I see that playing out. But the other, I'm not, I'm not sure, and that's fine. You know, might be a pilot or a mechanic or engineer or something. So, and that's fine. That's my take. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, we uh, we assume that Ren will not be into nature when she grows up, just because <laughs> you know kids do the opposite of what you do. But since we have the business, uh, it's a little bit difficult. I would love it if she took over you know, as we got older, but she's under no pressure. You know, she can do, she can be a, a unicorn hunter or whatever she wants to be. <laughs> I like that. I think that's kind of my take too, is, uh, you know, very similar. I want them to make their own decisions. I hope that the work that we're doing fosters the love for the outdoors, um, whatever that ends up looking like. Right. Um, I would love them to be into conservation and being outdoors and, you know, maybe they end up being a fisherman or an archaeologist, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be herping for me. I just want them to enjoy being outside in some way, and maybe not even as a profession, right? But like have something, uh, you know, uh, an interest, a hobby that involves, um, you know, being outdoors, hiking, camping, mountain biking, whatever, whatever it might be. I just I hope to foster that um, uh, the best that yeah. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I raised three girls, and uh, none of them are are particularly interested in in herps. They were exposed to herps most of their young lives, but I think you know they walk away at least with an appreciation for uh, nature, and uh, they're not afraid of snakes or anything like that. You know, they understand them, they respect them, and so they well, some things have rubbed off, and you know they didn't. You know, I, I I guess I didn't expect any of them to spend their life, you know, involved with with herpetology or herps or anything like that. I didn't expect that, but at the very least, they they appreciate those things, and they they would, did some camping trips and some hiking, and um, occasionally I'll get a picture of a snake. I'm, my youngest daughter lives on some property, and I'll I'll get a picture of something on her, you know, crossing the driveway. So that's pretty cool. So, do you, um, do you have grandkids, Mike? I do. I have uh, two grandsons and a granddaughter, and uh, 
I think you know, none of them have a real fascination with any of them, <laughs> which, is, which is okay. But you know, I think maybe they're you know they're at least they are familiar with different types of critters, thanks to me. Uh, although I don't I don't have much in a, in the way of, of herps at home anymore. I'm just I'm just down to tortoises actually uh, because I travel too much. Um, but uh, they they certainly get some exposure to that. So, uh, but the, you know, I can tell they don't have that uh, single-minded obsession that I have. But that, I guess that's okay. You know, you just want them to be good people. We like to go camping, maybe for sure. <laughs> or, yeah, you know. I mean, I think the the dream is to you know go to Peru with them, go to Africa with them, right, and and do these awesome herping adventures with my kids, and that. That probably won't happen, right? <laughs> but 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 a man can hope. So, yeah. Um, oh man, it'll happen. My kids are begging. I don't. <laughs> um, but I think even more important than the herps probably is just all the different skills you learn being outdoors. Like, I mean, maybe you're not naturally thrust into a bunch of survival situations, but I mean, I feel like there's just a lot of a lot of wimpy people out there that can't survive outdoors for 10 minutes and so like just to have you know hopefully kids that grow into adults that will be able to navigate their way out of the woods or start a fire if they need to things like that navigate in the car <laughs> like that you know it's all important skills that i think you learn along the way have you have, yeah. have you guys taken like any uh, neighborhood kids out with you like without their parents have, have you tried that I have not. We've we've had some folks um, say they'd be interested in doing it, and we should probably foster that a little bit more. So, hopefully soon. How about you? I, I, I've tried it a couple times, and it, it's 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 great. Um, it has its own challenges, but yeah, like I think I'm hard on my kids, and then when I see like a normie come out with us, I realize like how far my kids have come. Right. <laughs> um, Cause they're, they're, they just are, they're like, they're tougher. They're, they don't mind getting dirty. You know, we were like things that, you know, like Mike, you and I are kind of the same way. Like we'll, we'll, we'll pick up some big adventures and just like throw our kids into it. And we're like, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it and they'll figure it out and they'll be okay. Right. So I took, I took uh, the neighbor and my kids looking for spotted turtles um, this spring. And so it was just, you know, she hopped in the car with us away we went and we're like wading around through a fen in like eight inches of like, you know, late April, early May, pretty cold water. And we all have on muck boots, but like the water is getting into our boots. And, you know, like my kids were just like, oh, this is fun. And you could tell the other girl was just like, what is going on right now? <laughs> you know, like, 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 yeah. like, what is this crazy man happy <laughs> doing? And, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, when, you know, when we get out of the water, like, you know, gotta watch your stepping because there's rattlesnakes here. And it's like, you could just see her head exploding. It's like, he's dragging me through a swamp. <laughs> talking about rattlesnakes like this that and the other and she she had a blast but um you know it, it was a good reminder that sometimes if, if i am bringing other people uh not to bite off more than like a normal seven or eight year old could do right as opposed to my eight year old who like who like mike has you know has, has done like 10 mile hikes in a day and you know he probably whines a lot throughout it but he completes it you know and um and so i think like when you start your kids in this from a very young age, they, they just, they just adapt, right. They get used to it. They, they, they figure it out. Um, but if you have someone who's doing it for the first time, like, you know, you're, the approach is not the same. Um, and 
you got to find a way to uh, to make it fun for them, but also keep it more on their level, um, which I think sometimes is hard for. I, I forget, right? Um, so I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. I think you guys sh- you should definitely do it. Like I think it's been a blast every time I've done it. Um, and one of my buddies from work, his kid is like a total herper. Like the kid is like hardcore. Um, and it, so, you know, his dad's always texting me like, what book should I get him? Like, you know, he wants to go looking for snakes. Like, where should I take him? Right. And so it's, it's fun to like help them foster that, but, um, it, it does have its own challenges. It does. Not every parent is, um, um, they're, they're not necessarily a willing participant. In fact, they may be a surprised <laughs> participant. Um, <laughs> you know, holy cow, my kid wants to, you know, go fishing. Well, that's one thing, but holy cow, my, my kid wants to catch frogs. I've never caught a frog in my life. What do I do? Um, that's uh, So we, I'm sure we have people out there who listen to this and be in the same position that, or have come from that same area. It's like you've got a kid who's just driving this, and uh, all you can do is, is you know, you don't want to um, – you don't want to spoil the kid's experience by saying, ah, that's, you know – that's that's stupid, or I, I'm afraid of snakes, or snakes are no go, or whatever it is. You 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 got to support your kids. So uh, now, what are you going to do? Um, maybe you don't like holding frogs <laughs> or snakes, and all of a sudden, here you are, like you say, in 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 the water in April. Going, what am I doing here? So I, I'm yeah. sure there are people out there who can relate to that, coming to it from that angle as well. For sure. Yeah. You have to build the parent's confidence too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be harder than building the kid's confidence. Um, but another another consideration is drive time. Because like for me, an easy, normal drive is like two hours one way. <laughs> but it, you know, that's like torture for most people. So, yeah. yeah, and the kids are even worse. You say, well, where are we going to be there? Right. Well, in a while. Is it yeah. a while yet? You know. Yeah. You have, you have to get a gas station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you have the unique opportunity to teach them how to, you know, what herpers do and eat out of gas right. stations. And... <laughs> yeah, how to have a stomach. <laughs> <laughs> how to poop at a gas station, right? Like, I think all of our kids have been there, you know. Not, 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 oh, not yeah. a, or in the woods, right? So I drove, I drove Beckett to Snake Road, uh, one of the – one maybe 21 in COVID it was like, well, it's COVID semi lockdown. Like let's do something. And so, yeah, I don't know, it was 12, 13 hours for us. And so we hopped in the car and did like, a, you know, did a three day, a three day trip with 24 hours in the car. And, you know, he, he pooped in his first gas station and pooped in the woods for the first time. And, you know, like <laughs> learned some very valuable lessons there. <laughs> he caught his first timber rattlesnake, right? So, or saw his first timber rattlesnake, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's like the, that drive time. Right. And, and, uh, some of these things that, um, yeah, good lessons to be learned. That's a very good point. You know, if your kid's into Legos, they're not pooping in the woods. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you can, you can get Legos for the trip. You can get Legos for the trip. You get, so this is what we do. We do like a different toy. Every hour pops out Ah. and they just, she goes forever. That's brilliant. Wow. I wish I'd thought of that 30 odd years ago. <laughs> wow. That's, that's cool. Cause I remember my parents buying us like books for, to, to read, um, for long trips and, you know, 
we'd we'd be down at past the third stoplight and I'd be like, okay, well, do you have another one? <laughs> this one's this one's done. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a cool way to do it. Just sort of sustain the uh, attention span by meet meeting out the uh, the fun things to do. Um, but I, I think maybe that you know the, the the pooping in the woods thing is kind of a funny jokey thing. But at the same time, it's like these are life skills. Um, there are plenty of adults ro- walking around who don't know how to do that. And um, in my mind, whether uh, you know, you may not enjoy it, but you should know how to do it, right? For sure. Yeah, it's coming out one way or another. <laughs> so I might as well have some control over it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you know, we talked about. <laughs> all these the various aspects of this, but when, you know, I always worry about kids who are into other things besides what most kids are into, right? Like Pokemon or, uh, you know, Warcraft or something, you know, and of course there's lots of kids into that too. Um, kids who do outdoorsy things. I, I just always worry that, you know, there's the whole, uh, a court of public opinion at school, you know, where you get branded as the weirdo, for oh you like snakes or you know that kind of thing and uh, I I don't know if that's a problem as much anymore um, I don't know if your your kids run into these things or not is is that a an issue I feel like there's very little bullying nowadays at least at at our age I don't know but uh, the the problem I know is like uh, Bryce the older one he he has one friend that likes snakes and it's not that. The other kids make fun of him for liking snakes. It's that he just loves snakes and he can't find anybody else that loves them as much as he does. So right now that's the problem. Okay. I, I haven't noticed any of that. I, it seems I, I try to foster that my kid has a variety of interests, right? So he, he can, he can talk Pokemon and Legos with the best of them. And he's, he's in sports, which uh, for better or for worse takes away from our herping time and our out outdoors time um but has its own lessons right and so you know i i I hope that he will be well-rounded enough where he can kind of you know blend into any crowd and um but still you know retain his own individuality and and not feel that he has to hide anything i guess is is the goal that i'm ultimately trying to teach him that it's you know it's okay to to like some nerdy weird things but um but also to kind of be pretty well-rounded um yeah that's the direction i went to is you can like whatever you like and you can have many hobbies and all sorts of things are fun. And then, you know, go home or go to school and and tell your friends that we went looking for crystals this weekend. We saw seven snakes this weekend. Like there are so many cool things that you can do outside. Okay. Uh, I I like your approach. And I think, I think uh, maybe all of you, when you were kids, um, maybe, maybe there was more, I know when I was a kid, there was just more pressure to conform. Uh, if you like snakes or looking for crystals or whatever it is, you were a weirdo. And uh, man, you once you once you get branded with that, it's you know the kids just won't won't let up. But so maybe it's not as big a problem anymore. And maybe uh, we have a lot of uh, maybe nature shows and things like that, and uh, people being a little more educated and kids being a little more educated about nature. Maybe that's helped some too. It's it's just not this odd little esoteric thing anymore. It's uh, something that most kids have exposure to. Does that sound reasonable? I I think it does. I I do think that my opinion may be different when they're kid, when my kids are older, right? Like I think right now, um, 
with just the kids being younger, it's a little bit easier. I don't know what it's going to be like when it's middle, middle school and high school hit and, you know, other interests take uh, higher priority. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that changes, yeah. right? Um, well, that is that is going to be a challenge too, right, is, is being able to, you know, it's like, oh, so it's so cool you're into this. And then comes the day when they're not. And you have to let go of that, right? You have to. I always uh, the story. Just, uh, Justin Michaels. Uh, it tells the story. I think he told it on on uh, one of my uh, interviews uh, about his uh, oldest boy was, uh, you know, he's into mushrooms and he's into fossils and he's you know in into and so Justin's trying to get both of his sons you know interested in herps and takes them herping and herp this herp 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 and then and one day the oldest boy says, Dad, I, can we? Could, could we talk? Could we talk al- alone? And and so he says, Dad, herps are really cool, but have you seen birds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so, and so he had to have to talk with, with the, you know, he knew that, you know, you know, he knows his dad is really into herps, but he's got to kind of try to let him down easy. Like, you know, herps are okay, Dad, but man, birds. So, you know, <laughs> so it was funny. It's like, well, but it, there's sort of a lesson in there too. It's like, well, uh, yeah, you got to be willing to let it go. It, it turned out that they like they like uh, basketball and uh, whatever else it is they're into. They, and especially when they grow into teenagers and they uh, really start poking around trying to figure out who they are and what they're really interested in. And maybe maybe herps aren't going to be it, but uh, well, maybe they are. Who knows? I'd, I'd be ecstatic if it were birds, right? Like I, you know, like I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, something's stuck. Um, and you know, and I don't know about you guys. As I get older, I I find myself like doing more general naturalizing than I did, right? Like it's not all about just the herps anymore. Um, um, I'm kind of a little into native plants. So I like to landscape and garden with native plants now, and you know, so I pay more attention to those things and mushrooms and in the winter, I'll do some tracking. Um, and so I think any of that would be fine. I, I fear the conversation of like, you know, dad, um, I don't like being outside, you know, <laughs> like, like that, yeah. th- that's what would crush me. And I don't know how I'd react to that, but, um, yeah. Or like a, a very clear resent for me pushing them so hard toward the outdoors would hurt. Totally. I think if they naturally stray away, but that's fine. But if, if they resent me for it, I think that's a different story. For sure. If I have to watch sports every weekend to support <laughs> my kid, I'm going to be really sad. Oh, man. Well, I, I, I don't know. It sounds like, Jason, you're in the same boat as me, but we've got soccer and baseball and swimming's about to start. So Yep. Uh, hockey, <laughs> hockey and soccer and swimming in the summer. Um for both kids, um, are both skating and playing soccer. So and swimming. Um, yeah, no, it's it's already kind of taken over. Yeah, makes you appreciate the outdoor time even more. Yeah, I mean it's it's fun its own way, right? Like, um, and and I played sports growing up, so and so did my wife. So I think it's it's something that we can get behind. Uh, but yeah, it, it weekends get full very quickly, um, and it, it's sometimes hard to find time. One of the other things that uh, comes to mind is something that uh, my young, my youngest daughter Molly, or a band teacher, said one time: is that you know kids that are involved in sports or other other activities, 
generally are the kids that stay out of trouble. <laughs> you know, they found ways to channel their their energy and their interest. They generally aren't the, the, the kids who end up in the principal's office. <laughs> so whether it's sportsing or, or uh, looking for crystals or whatever it happens to be, um, you know, at least they're channeling their all their energy into something productive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it keeps them busy. I was going to say, Liz, as the only female in the room, um, have you ever felt unsafe? Are there, like, do you have a different perspective than we do? I mean, like, I just take for granted I can go anywhere with my kid and kids and do stuff. Um, I don't know if you've ever had different experiences or different concerns. Yeah, it's it's super funny because a couple days ago also, I was teaching Ren how to hide from strangers in the desert and how easy it is to hide from people. If you try, <laughs> just because I am not a fan of confrontation. And sometimes I just don't want to talk to people where there's no laws, you know, it's still kind of the wild west. So, um, but honestly, everyone is, everyone's been really nice when I do interact with people and they love seeing kids out there. Like they just love it. Okay. Other than the, the usual caution that most women have anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the normal you know, stay safe and uh, don't do anything sketchy and don't help people um, if they look like they're not actually, you know, stuck by the side of the road. They're just trying to, like, lure you in. Mm. There's a lot of those things like that. Yeah. Gosh, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I, I know somebody who had to actually use the hide in the desert thing to, to get away from someone. Um, so <laughs> those things do happen, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that's where, you know, having numbers or having another, um, you know, another parent and another kid along with you, right, can make things a little bit easier, right? If there's, there's maybe two women and two kids, it's probably hopefully a little bit safer than just being alone or, you know, alone with your kid. Yeah, yeah. And if you're alone, you just hide. Right. <laughs> and teach them how to hide. But it's all the same nature skills, you know? It's like if you smell an animal, you know, you're going to pay more attention. It's all the same stuff. I need a lesson on how to okay. on how to hide in the desert. That's <laughs> I don't think I'd be very good at that. It's my favorite. Sometimes I hide. So there will be like a bunch of vehicles going by and I'll hide for one vehicle and then I'll come out for the next one so that they they like have conflicting ideas of what happened and they're like, Did you see that random lady that was out there? Like, I hope that I'm a ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> You have to go out there and you know in a fancy dress, you know. <laughs> and be I the, have the mysterious. I have an old wedding dress. Yeah, there you go. From Goodwill. From Goodwill. I don't know what I thought I was going to do with it. I thought I was going to like do a photo shoot or something, but now I just want to be a ghost. <laughs> oh. oh man. <laughs> yeah, I like I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you, um, you've got to teach them to hide from other herpers because if herpers see you somewhere, there's all kinds of trouble. Either either they're going to figure out that they're at a good spot because there's another herper there, or they're going to be like, what are you doing at my spot? <laughs> or, it's just never good to encounter humans. Like no. Yeah, so that that's important too is because if you're looking at uh, a snake or something and someone comes up and sees that, they might try to hurt the snake. Um, yeah. It, you know, it happens. 
Yeah, I'm always conflicted about whether it's a good educational opportunity or if it's going to put the snake in jeopardy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I find that sometimes it depends on what kind of what, what kind of animal it is, right? Like, do I do I want them to know that this animal is here, or you know, whereas maybe with a garter snake, I'm like, yeah, oh, it's just a garter snake, right? Uh, which is probably unfair to garter snakes, um, which are awesome animals <laughs> in their own right. But uh, <laughs> you know, like you just never know people's intentions. This is true, and then I guess you have is also the oh gosh, you know. Um, Harper etiquette, the kids get a dose of that too, you know, putting, putting the rocks back and what else lives under the rocks and how we, you know, we can't just drop the rocks and we have, you know, all those kinds of things come into play too. So uh, maybe that, that's a good thing too. It gets the kids thinking a little deeper about the animal themselves and the life that the animal leads and the things that the animal needs to live. Maybe that's a, uh, it's an interesting on-ramp for building emotional intelligence and empathy. So maybe there's some of that going on as well. Yeah. And I find it interesting. Like uh, I've, I've made a very conscious effort to never teach them anything about either politics or religion, but the latter is more irrelevant, but like just, just teaching them to like animals, they've become like the biggest hippies and conservationists. And like, I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> you might be taking it too far, but it's good. I mean, it's just kind of cool to see the natural thought process that develops. Yeah. You point them in a way and they'll, they'll pick up the rest. You know, it's like, well, they, they'll, they'll learn the facts. They'll think about it and they'll come back. I mean, then, you know, it's it's not like they can't think. They have these little thoughts in their heads about, uh, and while they consider what that those those things mean, those things that you tell them about the animal, and come back and reach their own conclusions that yeah, um, holy cow, we we got to protect these things, Dad. We gotta we gotta do something. Yeah, they see like a new housing project go in, and they're like, no, you're destroying nature, and so. They're just really in tune with it and really passionate about it. And and they can arrive there on their own. Yep. And you guys are both kind of hippies, though, too, if we're being honest. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Although, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I've changed a lot in my older age. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't live in my car anymore. <laughs> so that oh but that's not hippie that's that's biologist right. yeah that's biologist. right yeah. <laughs> that's what biologists right. do at some at yeah. some point in some point in your life mike you you realized you were going to be living out of your car for a while and you were okay with that yeah that was totally cool yeah. i mean you know back then no responsibilities i mean even now yeah. i'm like oh that would be such a good way to go about life except it's too late now. I, I dream of the van life, man. I want one of those sprinter vans with four wheel drive. So I can yeah. scroll over the place and it, it's, it's, it's more glam than your car was back in the day, Mike, but um, there, it, it would be, it would be delightful. It just is not, uh, not realistic with uh, two kids and a wife. <laughs> no, but Hey, you know how to poop in a gas station. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. What herping would prepare you for? <laughs> well, I, we have any final thoughts on this? Um, I'm I'm so happy to have you guys talk about this subject, and I am sure 
there are other parents out there who are listening and they're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, hmm, I didn't think about that thing. So uh, is there any other aspect of this that we, we should uh, talk about? I do want to say something. I want to say that if a parent is listening right now and they were afraid to start doing this because it seems so overwhelming, then it is so doable and you can teach your kid to love the outdoors if you just show them how to love the outdoors. So you have to be enthusiastic about it too. And you can teach yourself to be that way also because not everyone had the same um, had the same experiences in life That's to true. lead them to this. It's never too late to start, is it? No. Absolutely not. And maybe you don't start out by going, you know, hiking to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Maybe you start out by going to your local park or your prairie or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think, you know, those of us on here, right, we, we talk of these big, big, big trips, right? Like the little the little neighborhood park, the, you know, the 45-minute the, the hike, right, is, is, is so accessible and and it's so easy to do. And honestly, the kids get just as much out of it, right? So I think, you know, starting small um, for you and your kids, if this is something that is new to you, is, is, is totally doable. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought this up, Liz, because it's uh, an important, important subject. And um, you're still never too old to learn new things, regardless. And, you know, people do, people do anything for their kids. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you'll learn to sleep on the ground. And you might like it. <laughs> you might find out you like it. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I think uh, one thing that might be important for other parents to hear is like, uh, I mean, it is, it's tons of fun to bring the kids along. It's tons of fun to have the kids. But like, there's definitely times when you're like, man, what did I get myself into? This is tough. And like, I think it's like a lot of people don't like to talk about that, but I think that's a normal feeling. So if anybody out there is like, oh man, this is so hard. Like, yeah, it is, but it, it gets better. Especially if you have like really young ones, it's it's a challenge, but it gets a lot better. Yeah. And I think, well, that's, <laughs> I, that's true for parenting in general, isn't it? <laughs> I go to bed at night going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I'm here to tell you all that in, you should enjoy every moment because it just flies by. And the next thing you know, they're, they're, they're out of the house. They're, they're gone. So you, whew, man, it just goes by so quick. So take every yeah. moment you can, you know. I think the only thing that I would add is um, I've made a few mistakes. Um, so uh, bugs do not go well. So, um, we've been, we've been gone to some pretty mosquito heavy places a few times and gotten lit up. And that, uh -huh. that is not something the kids enjoy, um, or tolerate as well as, um, some adults not. Um, and then, uh, Beck and also got a wicked case of poison oak in California that, uh, lasted about three weeks and was pretty miserable. Um, and I, thought was going to set me back a long time with outdoor stuff. Um, but he, he did come through on the other side fine and doesn't complain about it every day anymore. Um, but, but I'm going to blame Mike for that one. Um, yeah, I think that's my fault. <laughs> but uh, so th those are my two lessons that, that did not go well. And um, uh, my wife has also given me lots of grief over both, like, both of those, like the one time we got lit up by mosquitoes, he came home and his, the whole side of his face was swollen and his eye was shut, you know, and 
it was just like a little kid reaction to a mosquito bite, but it looked pretty terrible. Um, and the the uh, the poison oak was also on a similar uh, playing field where I was not I was not in her good graces um, for uh, you know torturing my. Ch- Sorry, Molly. That's torturing our child. not Jason's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's many other mistakes yeah. to be made still, but those are two that I would say you know be be careful with those things. <laughs> Yeah, and before we continue, is there a way to censor all this from CPS? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I've been in the same boat. Like living in Florida, it's like, how do you avoid mosquitoes? Yeah. But we'd show up like we must have been the only outdoor kids in the whole world in Florida, and they'd show up with mosquito bites, and the teachers would give us these dirty looks, like, "What are you doing to your kids?" And it's like, I don't know. Sorry, I thought that was normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i think it is normal we're just living in very strange times right now yeah yeah um, uh and you know your son won't necessarily r- recall the the abject pain of poison oak but he'll remember the trip and well we had so much fun yeah i got poison oak but but that was a good trip and, and da, 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 da. so uh and we even as adults we know that right you have a Go on. Do we do things, and sometimes they don't work out, and they're painful. And and uh, but we we remember the good parts as as well as the bad parts. So I think kids are the same way. You know, I you know, fall down and break your arm. You you remember you fell down and break your arm, but you remember where you did it and the fun you were having doing it or whatever. I mean, it, it definitely toughens them up and builds some good character. Um, it, it also makes it pretty miserable in the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> Builds character in myself as well. <laughs> right. And then the, the kids, here's the thing too. And as kids grow older, they constantly reassess their relationship with their, with their parents. And they, as they learn new things and as they mature, they look at their parents in a new light with the new information they have. And, and so they're like, yeah, yeah. Well, dad really screwed that one up <laughs> with the mosquitoes, <laughs> but you know, wow. you know, he was really good about taking us out and, and, you know, going here and doing this. And so the, you're constant, you're going to be reevaluated by your kids as you, as they grow older. So, but they're, they're not going to reevaluate you in, you're not going to come out even looking even worse. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. They're like, yeah, that wasn't so good, but you know, dad, he really, he thought, you know, that was going to be, and, and so, you know, your kids, you know, also just realize that, you know, parents aren't infallible. They, they don't know everything. And that's okay because um, they also learned that parents, are, you know, are there to help you get out of trouble too. So, and you, you know, all the constant many times that you got them out of trouble, they'll they'll remember that stuff too. So, for sure. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna some of you. Uh, it's getting kind of late on the East Coast, uh, and uh, I w- I want to let you all go. And I want to I appreciate you guys coming on and talking about this. It's uh, so much fun. Uh, it's a fun topic. And uh, appreciate uh, all of you um, giving me your input. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a fun topic. Love herping with the kids. It's just always a good time. Yeah, and uh, once we get this uh, on the air, I'm sure we'll I'll hear from other parents um, who listen and uh, identify with a lot of the things you guys talked about, whether it's. The gas station thing or <laughs> the mosquito thing. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I, so. I hope so. Like, I, I think, you know, I I remember back in the Philip Herb Forum days watching, like, Jeff Lem and, um, what was it, Matt Jepson and his kids, you know, always out and about. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't have kids at the time, but you know, when I started doing this, I, it was something that I would think back to. And, and so, you know, maybe even people who are listening to this who don't have kids yet, um, you know, will we'll learn something for you know, later in their lives. So yeah, th- this was, this was amazing. Thanks for, thanks for having us on Mike. Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, my biggest takeaway from this that I wish I knew was, uh, the timed release of toys in the car. That is, <laughs> I'm here to tell it you works. that is so valuable. If nothing else, <laughs> people should, should come away with, uh, with that, that nice tip there. So anyway, thank you again, Jason, Mike, Liz, I really appreciate it. Hey there, it's me again. Now, usually I do my homework and thinking about an episode before we sit down to record. And uh, for some shows, the thought process continues long after the episode is completed and released. And this is certainly one of those. The main thrust of the episode is that there are a lot of folks out there who are in the process of introducing their kids, and in some cases, even their grandkids, to field herping and to the great outdoors in general. But I'm also thinking about educators like Kim Brown and Paul Eric Bachland uh, from previous episodes who do the same thing for their students. And I also have friends in the community whose parents already did this very thing for them. And I know they have some special memories as a result. So this show is for all of you as well. Thanks again to Jason, Mike, and Liz for talking with me. And thanks to Molly, Sarah, and Brian who were also involved. And special thanks to Beckett, Arden, Bryce, Wyatt, and Wren. And thanks to everyone for listening to the show. That's it for episode 75. Jason Folt, Mike Rochford, and Liz Hughes, thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, Liz, thanks as well for that tip on entertainment partitioning. That's what I'm calling it now. Very useful indeed. And I want to say thanks once again to Dick and Patty Bartlett for supporting the show. And as always, a big thank you to all of the So Much Pinkle patrons who keep the show rolling on into the future. And if you would like to kick in a few bucks to help support the show, it's easy to do, and it costs about as much as a cup of delicious coffee. Just go to the patreon.com slash so much pingle, and so much pingle is all one word. You can also make one-time contributions via PayPal or Venmo. Just drop me an email at so much pingle at gmail.com for more details. And don't forget that you can find all of the recorded episodes and show notes at so much and you can also join the So Much Pingle Facebook group to follow the show, interact with me and some of my guests. I do like hearing from folks. I like to hear your thoughts and opinions, your guest suggestions, whatever you got. So you can email me at so much pingle at gmail.com. And of course, as I said before, so much pingle is all one word. And please note that I am also on Instagram. I've been there for a long time, uh, but I'm also on post.news now and mastodon now. Of course, under the so much pingle handle. And until we meet again, please take good care of yourselves and don't forget to hurt better. <laughs>